TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 467, and I'm Libby, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, still locked down from Los Angeles. This is Yusun, your costume designer and television enthusiast. Hi, doing the same thing over here in the wilds of Tarzana. This is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. And this is Tom, and I teach communication media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in West Palm Beach, Florida. Not locked down, <laughs> but socially distanced. And wearing a mask. I was about to say, very, very I don't know if it's good that you're not locked down, but all right. Uh, I didn't get a chance to look at the news. Tom, can you help us out? Yes, I can. I have compiled and organized it. So let me pull up the file. Okay, Amazon. Eight Bloomhouse horror films are en route to be released by Amazon, so they're getting in the scare business. Apple has inked a first look film and television deal with Martin Scorsese's Sicalia Productions. They've also acquired an Idris Elba Simon Kinberg spy romance, and they've greenlit a Harriet the Spy animated series starring Beanie Feldstein and Jane Lynch, or rather the voices of Beanie Feldstein and Jane Lynch. Uh, Beanie Feldstein was in Booksmart, which was a hot indie from last year, I believe. Uh, CBS TV Studios has signed 21 CP Solutions to advise them on cop and legal dramas. Everybody's be very wary, you know, since CBS tends to stand for the criminal broadcasting system, they're so (laughs) heavy on cop shows, they want to make sure that they are going to be socially responsible in their portrayals. Disney has rebranded its three television studios, which are ABC Signature, 20th Television, and Touchstone Television. And Touchstone Television has signed a first look deal with Gina Prince by the Wood, who directed the thing, uh, the superhero thing with Charlize Theron, the, the name escapes me, and her husband Reggie Rock by the Wood. HBO's adaptation of Ta-Nehisi Coates Between the World and Me has landed Oprah Winfrey, Angela Bassett, Joe Morton, Felicia Rajad, Courtney B. Vance, and many more. They've also ordered a horror comedy series called The Baby from Shan Robbins Grace and Lucy Gamer. Ah, uh, this is interesting. Hulu has made Blackish's lost episode from season four. Oh, Please yeah. Available. And this is... Woo! I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But a lot of the critics are annoyed because at the time they claimed due to quote unquote mutual agreement that um, Kenya Barris and ABC decided to shelve that episode. In reality, ABC wanted to make sure that the Fox acquisition went through and they were nervous because it was a Trump critical episode. However, the critics who've seen it said, a, it's no more Trump critical than other episodes of Blackish, and B, three or four years, how many ever years we are beyond that, it's more relevant than ever because of what's going on in the real world. So ABC is gutless wonders, and they lost Kenya Barris to Netflix. Yep. Speaking of Netflix, they're going to premiere the Diana musical before it goes to Broadway. And really? speaking of Diana... Elizabeth Debicki has been cast as Princess Diana for The Crown seasons five and six. Kenya Barris is teaming with Roger Ross Williams for a documentary on silver, docu-series on civil rights attorney Ben Crump. Trump lip sinker Sarah Cooper is getting a comedy special, which is going to be directed by Natasha Lyonne of uh, Russian Doll and Orange is the New Black. And another, what the is going on behind the scenes, the last Airbender creators have departed the live-action adaptation. Oh, boom! I heard about that, which yeah. Is not, which bodes poorly for that being good. Peacock is working on a Clueless reboot focused on Dion. They've ordered a MacGruber series. Why? I don't know. Boy, that if ever something didn't need to become a, 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 a movie, let alone a series, 
it would be that SNL sketch because it's the same joke every week. Or, uh, they also have late night streaming plans with Amber Ruffin and Larry Wilmore, who had a uh, short lived uh, The Nightly Show on Comedy Central. And then Sony Picture Studios or Sony Television wrapped the Aiden Quinn drama series Leonardo, which is one of the first that resumed shooting after the COVID or during the COVID crisis. And that's all. All righty. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Perry Mason, which is the season finale. Uh, what? And I, by the way, I was going to say, I saw a really interesting interview about this with the lead actor and uh, Robert Downey Jr., who's one of the producers. And yep. I didn't realize the dude was Welsh. Oh, you didn't know that? I knew he was British, but I didn't know he was Welsh. Oh, yeah, he's been Welsh. I know he's been Welsh his whole life. I'm aware of that. He's, but He's got an impeccable American accent. Oh, yeah. He does. Really All right, you guys go. What you, would you think of the finale? I loved it. So did I, yeah. I, I thought it was I, – what I, I thought that, you know, they finally got into the groove that is, is they're probably going to stick with through season two. I mean, basically, they set everything up. And and all the pieces came together in this in this last episode. It's like this is finally, I think, the Perry Mason that you know we're, we've been waiting for. And you wanted to begin with. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, there's like I said before, there's still that transition that they they really kind of messed up. But if you if you just accept it for what it is at the beginning, and then you know move and then move past the the clumsy handover. Uh, to the the courtroom Perry Mason they they handle this incredibly well um the the final bits the the last episode he's really it's like you look at him and you go okay yes that's Perry Mason I mean he's not Raymond Burr um he's not that Perry Mason but he's he is someone who who we can look at and go yes I can see him in a courtroom and and he he the, the various things that he does through this emphasize that yes this is this is his path now um you know he accepts it something something that i really liked was the um was basically it wasn't a dream sequence it was basically him testing out his approach in front of della and uh, harrison Berger. oh i loved that oh that was so who, great that, who, and that who, fools you yeah because you think who, it's happening in in the uh, in the classic series he Berger is going to be one of his many you know his his often opponent who he always beats because except for that one time which made viewers freak out but it was great that Berger says okay stop 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 nobody confesses on the stand which <laughs> if you've seen the classic that was the classic trope yeah that, that was what they did every single week evidence and hammers down the witness until they confess on the stand and it was a nice bit of reality um something that i kind of didn't like there were things that i liked things that i didn't like something that i didn't like was that he was desperate enough to have pete bribe a juror yeah and then the irony is the juror the juror that they paid asked how much did the other two get and pete what are you talking about and it's like <laughs> oh you wasted money because <laughs> Yeah, so, but I think I think that that was like this one little holdover of his past life. It's like that's how he knows how to operate. And when he learned that he was actually good enough that he could convince people independently, he didn't have to do that kind of thing. I think that was like the last the last little domino to fall, uh, where he he suddenly realized, oh, I can do this. I can actually be a lawyer. Um, so I, I did appreciate that. And I, I think that they will be making Berger definitely one of his, oh, his yeah. adversaries because th- now Pete is working for him. Yep. And, and plus, you don't cast Justin Kirk in a supporting role like that yeah. to not use him. Because, I mean, he's, you know, he, he was a headliner in Angels in America. He was a headliner on Weeds. Um, something else that when Perry kind of makes a snide remark to Della, I'm glad she pushed back. About Della's girlfriend, I'm mm-hmm. glad she pushed back and like. In, I love what they've done with Della. <laughs> I just love that they've given her agency. They've made her. I mean, she was she was always a great character played by uh, Barbara Hale, William Cat's real life mom. Mm-hmm. 
But I love the fact that they gave her, she's not just competent, she has complete agency and she will get in his face and push back and call him out if she needs to. Absolutely. I mean, is it time period appropriate? Probably not. Just like making Drake, you know, African-American really probably isn't time period appropriate. But I'm glad that they are showing some diversity. And it's interesting. I was also glad, speaking of things I liked, I was glad that the bad guy gets, you know, gets ganked by one of his, by his own quote unquote partner. <laughs> <laughs> I could, it's, you know, when that scene was happening, I was, I was thinking that is probably the last bunch of money you're going to see. <laughs> um, I didn't expect it to happen so fast, but yeah. Okay. Um, so that, that was, that was very satisfying. Three or four guys on them. Yeah. Yeah, You guys can wrap, can you guys wrap this up a little bit? Um, just, I think that they, they, they handled everything extremely well. And, and I, I love the fact also that they finally, they've been holding back on this so long, finally at the end, over the end credits, they play the Perry Mason music. Yes. Covered by Terrence Blanchard, whose score for the series has been fantastic. Excellent. Absolutely excellent. So, but yeah, that was that was like it was like saying to the audience, okay, yes, he's Perry Mason now, so we can use this music. Um, and you know, you were talking about Della Street. I love the fact that she is planning to to become a lawyer in her own right and a partner in mm-hmm. firm with Perry. And I actually, you know, I looked it up because I wasn't sure whether it was it was actually period appropriate for there to be women lawyers at that time. And it turns out that the the first woman lawyer was actually in like 1893. So wow. in, in California. So yes, realistically, I mean, you know, she'd she'd have a hard time of it, but she could in fact practice law at that at that time. All right. She could so be so good good Okay. They stuck the landing. <laughs> Definitely stuck the landing. Okay, then. That's nice. Uh, still don't guarantee that I'm going to check it out, but... Uh, oh, be a, check out Season 2. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we're going to talk about Condor Season 2, Episodes 1 and 2. And <laughs> it's this is a pretty much a reset, sort of. Well, not a complete reset, because the main guy, John, because I was calling him Jack last time, so it's John, right? Uh, he... No, wait, was that another show? I don't remember what this dude's name is. I don't think he's John. What is his name? I don't know, but I don't think it's John. Uh, I'm getting <laughs> it's all my Joe. shows mixed it's up. All the main Joe. characters are always named John or Jack. And it's if that's Joe. not true, I got nothing. So. Joe Turner. See, Joe, I at least had the right initial. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> anyway... His his whole thing is he's guilting about all the stuff that happened last season and he can't forgive himself, blah, 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 blah. But I will have to say that I like the guy that's on the run this time because he's, like, got the information and, and everyone's trying to kill him because he knows who the mole is. And what I like about the Russian is that unlike Joe Turner, who was smart but was basically a pushover in a fight, the Russian can actually handle himself. And that was made, you know, very clear in the first episode where he took out the assassin that was sent to his house. And even when he gets ambushed with the ambulance, he fights those guys off. And he's doing he's doing a very good job of staying alive. And uh, I'm actually kind of I was a little annoyed at the beginning of the first episode. We're spending so much time with like the housewife and her kid who's having, you know, emotional issues because their dad's dead, like all that stuff. I was like, I'm not sure I care about this. Can we go back to see what the Russian's doing? Uh, And I do like Joe trying to figure out what the heck is going on and who to trust. Because there is a mole, you don't know who to trust. And then the guy that was actually their enemy last season, he's like, oh, trust me. And then as soon as he does, they get ambushed. So now he's like, yeah, I'm not trusting you. And so I get that. And I like that aspect of who can he trust? And then he gets recruited at the end of the second episode by like an internal affairs counterintelligence group who's trying to figure out who the mole is as well. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. But I think the domestic portion where we're spending time with the other family, I'm not, I mean, I'm sure it's going to play later, but it's not that exciting at this point. Um, Yusin, did you catch up? Did you watch those two? I did. 
I did. And? Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I disagree a little bit. Um, you guys know how I feel about teen actors or kid actors. Um, yeah, I so didn't like them. So. The petulant teen, you know, I don't even know if it's a trope because I guess it's in real life. It's actually true. Um, and, you know, his motivation or his reasoning for being that way is pretty good. His dad was killed. But what I like about it is that he is willing to believe that his father was a bad guy. Yeah, you know I, mean? I like that too, yeah. Another layer, you know what I mean? It, I mean, if it was just him being sad, it would be kind of annoying. I think the his younger brother... Uh, is played beautifully by I don't know his name, uh, and I like his quirkiness. You know what I mean? He's he's again he's not to me not the stereotypical, and I do believe it'll play because he picked up that lighter from the guy who's under suspicion. Um, but he's he's quirky and he's offbeat. I love his relationship with his mom. Um, I, I talked a lot at last season about the the quiet quieter moments and the collateral damage and the family kind of thing. And I see what you're saying, Libby. I'm you know I I don't completely disagree. It's a little brings it it, it makes it a little slow. And I, I feel like the first season did a better job of integrating that and creating a certain sort of tension. But I think that has to do with mystery. We didn't know what these people were all about. We didn't quite know what their connections were to each other so this time around i do think that it's not as balanced between the family versus the you know spy intrigue kind of a thing um but maybe like i said because we're kind of already know the characters so i'm a little bit less interested in getting to know them and and what's happening there um but i i i'm really curious to hear what allison has to say because she has been talking for, about how horrible season two is behind the scenes, behind the podcast. And, you know, so I, I listen, I, I, I wasn't here last week to talk about how the finale disappointed me. So I was, uh, you know, not um, as, in, as in, you know, uh, highly excited about second season. So I think my expectations were much lower, maybe. Also, you know, with that, what with Allison was saying. So maybe that's why I didn't dislike the first two episodes. But um, I will say that I'm sad that um, we lost William Hurt. I thought he yeah. was great. Yes. You know, um, he brought that gravitas. He didn't overreact, overreact. He didn't, you know, he wasn't a caricature of himself. So I'm really sad they just took care of him right in the beginning. But, you know, that gives but you emotional. But attention. Yeah, that's the, the that exciting incident. Yeah. And then uh, lastly, I will say um, I still like all the players, all of them, you know, Um and, you know, the introduction of the internal affairs, you know, you've got to have somebody in charge. Um, and I dislike the little bespeckled dude so much. And we've lost all sympathy or empathy for him. You know, in the first season, he had the wife and we weren't sure how bad he was and this and that. So I like that they've pivoted uh, to that um, actress who I like. She's always plays that role, though. I will say that, that like super tough you know, brusque ladies. So she's a little pigeonholed in terms of casting, but I, I'm I'm going to give it a chance. I, I don't dislike the show, uh, and I didn't dislike the first two episodes. All right, Allison, you go. Okay, well, you know, I was sort of in the same place. I I really thought it was a mistake to to kill off uh, William Hurt, and um, it was and 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 that doesn't change. Through, I think they got rid of the their most key person in this um besides you know the the lead so i think that that was dumb but i that you know it's probably that willie Hart didn't want to do a second season uh so you know they were stuck i didn't mind the first two episodes at first i i thought it was a little disjointed but overall you know i mean i let's face it i got through the entire season in this two episode the characters that they introduce and the the question that they introduce and, you know, particularly who's the mole. Um, I don't know about you, but I knew who the mole is literally the second the person walked on screen. You know, and the other thing, the, the, they're not consistent about the characters. Like Bob Balaban's character, Rule Abbott. Uh, he was, we, we learned by the end of the last season that he was, he was one of the most despicable bad guys imaginable. He was, he was this, you know, religious extremist who was ready to kill off millions of people with a plague. He was ready to die to do it. Um, he, you know, he was, he was a, a conspirator and a horrible man. And in, in this, in this season, suddenly he's being portrayed sympathetically. I and don't think so. I, I, I do. And I, I mean, they're, they're, they like acknowledge, oh yeah, he did these things, but, but then there are other 
instances where not we're in the first two episodes not in the first two episodes they don't yeah but you know i mean you're other than the the teenager's reaction toward him um which i think is appropriate not to be the audience's reaction to him um, they did nothing to make him sympathetic in the first two episodes they i i thought they did um they they were like backtracking they were backpedaling on how bad he was before I totally disagree because the very first moment where he's trying to tell Joe to trust him and we got to work together and then they get ambushed, I immediately was like, okay, you're the bad guy. Like, I don't trust him. There's nothing about him that makes me want to trust him. But Joe apparently has forgotten everything. No, he didn't. No, he didn't because he did. He didn't have a choice in the first episode. But then after that, he didn't trust him. He didn't give him any more information. No, I feel like I'm, maybe I'm not Joe, but I, I would never, ever get into bed with that guy again, ever. Exactly. And done. I really wouldn't have. I mean, everything that Allison just said, a worldwide global massacre, right, right, right. death of his uncle, all of it. No, but I, I'm I just really saying even – but that still doesn't make that guy sympathetic is my point. No, I'm, I'm with you is what I'm saying. I'm with you. I'm saying – but I wouldn't have gotten into bed at all with him at all. So that that's actually – it's, it's important for me to say. That's actually the weakest part of one and two. Uh, I know that they gave the extra motivation – uh, by his aunt saying, you know, you've got to get to the bottom of this because, you know, your your uncle wasn't, you know, was murdered. So that to me was the crux. But the fact that the show started with Joe kind of being like, all right, I'll save this guy's life. Listen, spies die all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, like, and I would have been like, I'm out. You've ruined my life. And you nearly, you know, did genocide, did genocide. And that should be a t-shirt. But, um, you know, like, I, and you killed my uncle. Nope. I'd be like, nope, I'm done. So so the whole series, even for me, started a little bit like, I, am I going to be this invested? And because of the murder, because of the aunt's request, I, I kind of was like, fine, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll keep watching. But, but we, need to, uh, we need to move on. All right, next up, let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And this was the series finale, Pot de. And I say that because they've already had a series finale at the end of season five. And then they got renewed and they were like, oh, we got to do this again. And I think because it was the second one, they weren't trying to repeat themselves. And it just, it didn't have quite the emotional punch as the original series finale at the end of season five. Because I was like crying on that one. This one, I didn't cry. It was more, this is where everybody ends up. But during the episode itself, there was so much action happening. They didn't have a lot of quiet character moments, which I would have liked. In the- I, I feel like they act on the, you know, kumbaya, you know, circle meeting uh, to give you those quiet moments. And then they weren't even that satisfying. And I felt very much like it was tacked on. And I agree with you. I mean, I, you know, I don't need a, this is us every week, you know, squeeze out the tears. <laughs> I, I mean, I, that's not something I enjoy even remotely, but it's the end of a, an era-ish, you know, seven, six, season seven. I don't know how many season six. Um, I, I've grown to really care about these characters. So I was more than willing to, I don't remember if I cried last, last finale, you know, whatever, um, series finale. Um, but in the second one, uh, I, I, I echo what you said, um, and I'll jump off of that. I thought the action was great, actually. Like, really Yeah, good. it was good. But, it was good, definitely. Yeah, between um, Daisy and, you know, Quake 1 and, and Quake 2 or whatever, Boy Quake and Girl Quake, they, um, you know, there was wire work and there was this and that, and I, I thought it was really, really great. Um, I Off the top of my head, I can't even remember the other ones, but there were a ton, like you said, and I thought that was great. The only thing I'll say, and you guys can talk details, um, like I said, I I was hoping to get tears. I didn't. Um, and I really want to say this and then I'll let it go. Um, l- last week? No, the week before because I was on last week. Um, I mentioned this at the finale of Dark. It's worth mentioning again. Every, almost every sci-fi series, movie, whatever you want to call it, involves some sort of a blonde child. Like at the end, everything <laughs> is about like baby family this that i mean i'm a little bit sick of it i wish that they would come up with something else um it wasn't the final 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 end but it kind of was they're like this is what we're fighting for i was like you're blonde kid i was like (laughs) i don't what 
okay, I guess I'm fighting for your blonde kid. And I know it was a metaphor for family and love and all that stuff. That I was a little cheesy. Didn't need to see a blonde kid. Um, but I will say that the ending where Coulson gets his car back and everything, that was sentimental. I mean, it wasn't a cry-worthy thing, but I thought it was fine. The whole season was just a, a fun kind of romp to the end. And, you know, I don't think it was a great season by any means, but I don't think that it was a, you know, horrible, you know, fiery crash of a landing. So I'm fine with it. All right, Tom, you were trying to speak earlier. Yeah, it was just, they, did, they didn't stick the landing. Um, part of it is because lame villains. Um, yeah. What's his face, Malik or what? Malik, yeah. Boring. Yeah, we've been saying that for weeks. Yeah. Oh, remember? Yeah, but still. Ugh. ugh. Um, remember, <laughs> At remember, least remember, he died this week. You got to give him remember, that. Oh, he sucked. <laughs> oh yeah, he did absolutely. <laughs> I'm evil. I'm evil. Just. I'm gonna twirl my goatee mustache. Remember how we were saying last week that the uh, that the young version of Bill Paxton was doing a good job channeling Bill Paxton? Right. It's his son. Oh, really? <laughs> That's why. Uh, one of my favorite moments in the two parts was when uh, <laughs> was when Sousa tells Daisy, "Oh, just, wait, I, so before you go," and then goes over and gives her a kiss, and then she kisses him back. <laughs> And they have a little moment, and then he goes back and Mac, and then Mac's like, nicely done. <laughs> <laughs> that was very Overall, good. Considering the, the season ended with such energy and charm and wit and fun, and then it's like, oh, we've got Fitz back for the last episode, didn't I have fish and You know, I don't know. I just think the writing was weak. The writing was weak. They, they deserved. They deserved more. Even if it was, other series have had full finales before and come back from the. You know, Chuck had a full finale and came back from the brink. Uh, you know, Sledgehammer <laughs> thought they were ending with season one and then got a surprise season two renewal. But they had two years, and that it was just a big letdown considering how much fun this arc was at the beginning. So. And and the and the virtual gathering at the very end, although kind of prescient with what's going on now, because it was filmed last year, it still fell flat. It just felt like, oh, we're doing this because we have to. Oh, because they yeah. predicted the whole. They will never. Yeah. Yes, we will never be in the same room again. And the I was like, oh my god, they're having a Zoom this meeting. Be, yeah. the, the, the whole prophecy of this will be the last time everybody's together. Oh, that was disappointing. Yeah. I, I the last thirty minutes was was disappointing, but I didn't hate the first, the, the total of the last two episodes. I I agree with you, Tom. It wasn't great, um, but like I said, I personally didn't think it was a huge crash landing. It wasn't great, but you know. Well, what did you let's think? Let's like Allison. Yeah. Yeah, Allison, I would yeah. I would agree with that. I I don't I don't think that they really stuck the landing exactly. In in they they kind of fumbled the landing. You know, it's like. They, they, you know, took an extra step and, and kind of bobbled a little because uh, it, it should have been something emotional and something that I really, you know, felt. And instead it was just kind of, you know, oh, OK, fine. Um, they I'm, all I'm, live on to be I'm happily okay ever after. With that. It, it was like it was like, I'm OK with that. You know, I don't feel like burning the house down. Um, it's it's like I don't feel like I can never watch this again. Uh, <clears throat> you know, it's it's just. It was just kind of there, and and the whole little Zoom meeting at the end was such lazy writing. It's like we yeah. can't figure out any other way of saying what happened to these characters than having them just sit in a circle and yeah. do little bits for them, and and that was just that was just lazy. So the only part of it, that, like you, that I really liked was when they showed Coulson going off to to his car, and and as soon as he you know said I've got something for you, I thought. Hmm. And yeah, and that turned out to be it. So it wasn't surprising, but it was it was very very sweet. So yeah. and it was very very much in character. Yeah, yeah. So I think Coulson ended decently as he could, considering he's dead and I'm now a robot. Uh, Correct. <laughs> oh, there was a nice there was a nice moment between May and Coulson in in the next in the penultimate episode. Yeah, they had a good where... moment, but it was weird because I feel like 
Like, I get that the... I finally get at the end, the reason why May became this empath is because they deliberately made her that so she would be able to defeat the bad guys at the end. It was part of the plan. But May has been weirdly out of character all season. And I couldn't tell at the end, once she deployed her empathy, is she now still weirdly different? And they did it to her without talking to her either. Like, they did it while she was mostly dead. I didn't even get that. Are you saying that the the, the shield made her that way? Uh, uh, Simmons, Fitz and Simmons did that. They yeah. did that as part of the plan so that when they got her from the tomb and she was mostly dead, when they brought her back to life, they deliberately gave her that empathic power. Oh, I missed that. Uh, yeah, that's actually, I think, kind of important to me because it's a big question or, or maybe just a comment. Um, so the big, now that I understand that it was purposeful, but so the big thing to me, though, which was a little weird, was she, you know, does her empathic death ray to uh, all the chronicoms. And it was just like, we're going to give them feelings. And I was like, okay. And they're specifically cool, nice feelings. And Well, they're whatever, that- it's whatever May projects on them. Oh, okay, I see. So she can purposefully make them not just feel, but feel a particular emotion. I think that's what it was going for. Um, and But it was to give her that ability, they had to do something to her while she was knocked out and unconscious, or actually mostly dead. And that's, that's just not cool. Yeah, not cool, man. No, that is terribly not cool. But I wasn't offended by that because I didn't catch that part. But to me, it was very, it was also kind of like, I was like, it wasn't clear to me that she was imparting a specific kind of sympathetic or cooperative or whatever feeling. So for me, I was like, so you're just giving them feelings and all of a sudden they're like, yay, drop their weapons. I was like, what? I, I really didn't understand what was going on because it seemed so underwhelming. So that I I didn't actually like. I, did I can agree like with that. that. I can agree with that. But let's move on. We got to move on. We got to move on. Uh, So everybody's kind of meh about the series finale. Uh, Next up, uh, Doom Patrol season finale-ish. Unintentional season finale. Yes. What'd you guys think? Um, I think I didn't even know it was the finale when I watched it. Um, and, 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 you know, that's there's a reason for that because apparently COVID shut down production. So we ended up with a a cliffhanger where there really wasn't supposed to be one. Um, I'm sure that the the end had some cliffhanger stuff intended, but not like where we were left, which was essentially really hanging in space where you totally expect something else to happen. Um, The uh, overall, I, I like this season and I think that what, passed for the season finale uh worked as as well as it as it could i think you know we've all talked before that we're not thrilled with the daughter character and it's all about her and and the danger that she she poses so in in that sense it's kind of frustrating although they do have plenty of character bits about uh you know the other the other characters in the show and in particular um there's uh the um Jane character who is has been who has discovered that her Miranda identity is not who she thought it was and now we're we're supposed to find out what this what this identity really is and we're left hanging there um but uh, you know overall I think they they did a good job this season so um like I said o- overall I thought it was it was well done. I also liked Mark Shepard's character coming back at the end. Um and uh you know it's it's just it's kind of awkward to talk about it because it's it clearly wasn't supposed to end where it did. I mean it's really obvious so much so that I not knowing the the story behind it I came back looking for for episode 10 and it wasn't there. Uh, but you know, I mean, what can you do uh, with things being the way they are? So I'm I'm looking forward to season two, if uh, season three, I should say, if only to find out what in the world they were planning to wrap this up with. Okay, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just 
it's like they sucked out of the joy out of the show for this season. It's like how miserable can we how miserable can we make all these characters? And let's sh- let's give you episodes <laughs> devoted to the personal hells we can have each character go through. So yeah, um, if I don't know. It had such a great first season, aside from the pilot, which I did not care for. But if this had been season one, I would not be watching the show. Cause, mm. Well, yeah, that doesn't just... sound good, because I quit at season one, because I thought it was terrible. And so... again, like Allison's been saying, we finally get all of them coming together in this last, you know, Ursat's season finale. And it's just kind of boring, because they're, they're, they're together separately. <laughs> yeah, they all have their individual things. Like, they're they're literally isolated. How a TV show works, and having seen Titans, I would say the answer is no. DC Universe does not know how a team show works. <laughs> all right. I mean, that's that's a problem with this series, and we've said it before: is that every time we think that they're coming together, they instead just throw them right back into their own little psychodramas again, where they're they're you know, helpless and, and have to get through it. And it's like, haven't we done this enough? Now I'm, I'm hoping that that's ultimately what they get past or what they were intending to do for this season. But we don't know because, you know, it ended where it ended. Okay. All right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about lower decks and Tom is a loser who did not watch his star Trek. Like he was supposed to. (laughs) 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 All right, and Yusin, did you actually watch the second episode? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so did did it work better watching Lower Decks again, or do you still poo-pooing it and not liking it? Um, Here's what I'm going to say, and I'm trying to be really, like, professional and objective, and, and, and you'll understand what I mean by that. Um, I actually asked me myself this question because I was like why don't I like this show more and also I asked myself if this were not if the world in which we were watching all of this happen if this wasn't Star Trek would I care even a little bit and so I I mean I asked the hard questions the hard-hitting questions (laughs) um, myself (laughs) in an effort to be truly fair Um, and I I didn't like the pilot. I know you guys talked about it yesterday, so I, or last week, so I won't spend any time on it except that to say that Libya was like because I thought everybody was too quippy and the dialogue was too quick and, and blah, 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 everyone was noisy. That it was really hard to pay attention or care about any of these characters. Um, so, but you said you know keep at it. It's only really the first episode, and you know blah blah blah. So I, I definitely gave it a second chance, um, and I just I don't. I, there's the show is not charming to me, and I was hoping that it would be. It's mildly funny, I guess, and only remotely interesting because words like Jeffrey tubes were used. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, he, like for me, it's like, ooh, it's the world that I love and you know miss. So, but that whole like uh, the character cycling through the different jobs and stuff again, funny to me and worth watching because I'm so familiar with Star Trek and it's like, oh, haha, you know security and oh haha this and you know so I got all the in jokes I got the the quaintness over to the fun of it but I did keep asking myself I was like is this show funny on its own do I care about these characters well, it's not I'm supposed not. to be on its own it is supposed to be a Star Trek no no I get it but that's what I'm saying like, it's not a, fair enough but that's what I'm saying oh I'll continue watching it probably because exactly that yes is it but it has to be something more than that that's the truth so it's only that for me is what I'm saying. I get it. That's the point. But other than that, I was, I'm underwhelmed. And if they don't start making me care about the characters, it can't just be an homage. It can't just be a cartoon. Like for me, I have to just be able to like latch on to things and the whole drama of the, the, the um, cadet being the daughter of the two really big wigs, you know, in, in Star Trek, boring. I don't care. You know, so it's like the girl who, um, acts out because her dad's a preacher I was like nope this is remotely not interesting so I'm that's all I'm going to say about it I will continue watching it either maybe it gets better or it doesn't and it just gives me a Star Trek you know fill my fill of Star Trek I, you know whatever that's it. 
I will say I, of course, enjoyed it uh, more than you. Uh, not of course, but I, I just did. I, I'm not a big comedy person, nor really a animated series person necessarily, unless it's actually anime. But um, I did like the second episode better than the first uh, because at this point we kind of know who the people are and now we're like getting into the nitty gritty of what they're doing and the rivalry between the top two characters I think is kind of funny um, I liked their adventures and I liked that at the end she kind of sacrificed to make him feel better because he was on the verge of quitting and I thought that was cute so I did like the show. It's so predictable, Libya. Come I on. I didn't say so- it's a cartoon, and it's also it designed matter. for. It does I matter, and I enjoyed it. it. I'm telling you, I enjoyed it. Let me say my piece. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I liked the 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 pieces that they had. This show, I'm accepting it for what it is. It's not trying to be a deep, dark, plot heavy driven uh, Star Trek. That's not what it is. It's absolutely a light-hearted uh, adventure, and it's not supposed to be complex at all. I agree. I, I, you'd have to let me rebut, because that characterizes what I'm saying completely wrong. Like, it doesn't have to be serious. It doesn't have to have amazing plots. But it still has to be well-written. It still has to make me care about the characters. And I, th- I do think... I think, I, I, I think you're exp- you're, I think you want it to be one thing that it's not. And no, so that's not working for you, but I, no, I'm thoroughly, in, I'm enjoying the show is all I'm saying is I'm enjoying it for what it is. You cannot, you cannot tell me that, that I was expecting, if I would say that I was expecting something completely different, I wasn't. There are plenty of animated uh, series, you know, not just cartoons. I, I think you're being dismissive of cartoons. You're like, oh, well, I I, I'm saying I generally don't No, I'm not being just, dis- I generally don't like them is what I'm right, saying. You is what I'm saying. So my expectations have nothing to do with whether or not it was serious, whether or not that it had these like really involved science science fiction plots. What I'm saying is that it wasn't particularly interesting or inventive. It was not funny. Not, and you're saying, well, well it was I, I, funny. No, I thought it was funny. I disagree. But let's move That's on. Fun. We need to move on. I don't want to spend 10 minutes on this show. <laughs> so no, let's I move don't. on. Let's move I on. Don't. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Brave New World, episodes seven and eight. And I know you're like, well, there's only nine episodes. But I realized that after I got really deep and I was like, oh, wait, there's only one more episode left. But oh, well, I didn't watch it. So let's do uh, seven and eight. And what's weird to me is uh, the people who have finished the show were like, oh, it gets it doesn't really deal with the whole orgy thing. It's really good. And I'd say at the very end of this episode is where or episode eight is where I was like, oh. Okay, now this is interesting. But all the, uh, the all the stuff before where it's about Bernard being jealous and and I think oh god, the He's direct, so jelly. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> like his jealousy is stupid and I don't care. And everybody else being like I can't believe you're a beta and you're sleeping with all these other people. And she was like I literally told you at the beginning of this that is what I have to do. And then he freaks out and I'm just like I don't care about any of this. And only thing that's weird that I um, that is kind of plot driven is the, the the Asian dude that's the director. I forgot his name, but uh, when all of a sudden he's all unkempt and he's like, "I know this guy's watching me, and I know he's waiting for me to fail." And I was like, "Is this the computer Idra trying to push him towards suicide? What's going on with this guy? Like they don't really explain. He was the coolest, calmest character." all series and then in one episode he's freaking out he didn't comb his hair he's like ah and i was like what's go-? and then now he's trusting bernard to do stuff because he can't make a decision and it didn't make any sense that he would change his character so dramatically from one episode to the other and it felt like the only reason they did that was so bernard would have authority to try to arrest uh john this is the john jack <laughs> show right uh, but so I, I was not happy with these two episodes, to be honest. Someone else. Well, you know, once again, we've talked about how I missed the first part of this two-parter and it didn't matter. Um, so right there, you know, that there is a problem. Um, there's, I mean, you know, when I finally went back to see it, I went, oh, that's how they did this and this. And there's some interesting behind the scenes stuff, mostly having to do with Mustafa Mond and how right. they, uh, yeah, her storyline is the only one that really moves at all. 
Yeah, the, and, and so that was nice to see. But as far as the main story with Bernard and John and Lenina, that oh. none of that was, was necessary. It was it could have all been done in one episode. And as, as far as I was concerned, you know, it was until I realized, oops, I skipped one. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's just, there's just so much treading water. I, you know, I... You'd think with with only just this one season that there wouldn't be um, the kind Netflix of Netflix loves yes <laughs> that that you usually see, but yeah there was and and so it does slow down. It does pick up fortunately at the end. Um, it has nothing whatsoever to do with anything in the book, but it's it's fun to watch. And in the, but these two episodes yeah are kind of a slog. So and until and also, you get to until you deal with the epsilons, I think. The couple of interactions he had with the Epsilons in these episodes were, was interesting. And so yes. when you get to the very end where Bernard tries to arrest him and the Epsilons are like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. That's mm. the only payoff you get. And you're like, oh, now this is interesting. Now oh, what's about what, to happen? What about the payoff with the Epsilons killing the director dude? Oh, yeah. That was kind of mm -hmm. like, whoa. That was nice and subtle. I was surprised that they didn't show you more considering the beginning of this thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like that. It's just they got a little blood on their shoes, and you hear the shush, shush. Um, so uh, I feel like, I mean, they, they definitely telegraphed yeah. an uprising is happening. Like, they totally Don't telegraphed that. with people holding sharp gardening implements. That's <laughs> it's a clue. <laughs> uh, so I mean hopefully so we'll discuss the finale next week but I, I I think the show started strong and then the middle just really sagged and act hopefully it ends hard. it ends well say again act twos are hard there there were a lot of movies and TV shows go off the rails yeah yeah I can see that alright let's move on um, next up we're going to talk about uh, Project Power, and this was uh, ja Jamie. What is? Why am I breaking on his last name? Fox. Jamie Fox. Thank you. I was like Jamie somebody. It's some dude named Jamie. Um, this is his vehicle, and the premise is that they're they're drug dealers that are selling this new drug called Power, and if you activate it, it will give you five minutes of whatever super power is locked within your genes. So. Everybody has some superpower that they have an affinity for. But there are, of course, people who take unless it. Unless you explode. Yes, I was going to say, unless <laughs> you're one of the unfortunate people who explode on, on impact or on taking the drug. Um, and so that's the premise. And then you have our, our cop who thinks he needs to take the drug to level the playing field. And then you've got our drug dealer who's like a 15-year-old kid in high school and having all these problems, blah, blah, blah. And then they all come together to try to solve whatever, the mystery of why the drug's out there. And you find out Jamie Foxx is trying to save his daughter. All of that backdrop to say this is a fun ride. It's a nice action-adventure kind of movie. Um, I thought Jamie Foxx was good, and I haven't thought that in a while. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, kudos for actually turning in a decent performance for him. And, uh, yeah, I had fun. I had fun watching it. I'm not saying it's the best movie out there, so don't, don't take that. But, I mean, for what it is, I think it delivered that. Yeah, I, I think I, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's fluffy. It's nothing that you're going to remember five minutes after you've seen it. But it's it's entertaining while you're watching. You know, I, I enjoyed it. If you don't think too hard about, you know, things that don't make sense, like, for instance, the complete turnaround that, that the Robin character has after Jamie Foxx's character holds her hostage and oh, I says know. he's going to kill, kill her mother. I know, and, right? And then all of a sudden they're best friends. And there's it's like, I'm sorry, but you needed to do something more with that because that, that happened just too fast. Oh, well, I mean, they did have, he does save her life. So after he's kidnapped her, held her at gunpoint, kept her prisoner, tell her, tells her she's the canary in the coal mine and she's going to go first in case she has to get killed before him. He tells her all of that, but then he gets shot protecting her. And I think that was when she's like, okay, fine, I can't leave you to die. And I was like, ah, baby. Like, I was like, I'm well, not also, sure. Though, it's, it's clear that he's hallucinating while he's protecting her. He thinks he's protecting his daughter. Correct. And, and she understands that. So, right. you know, I mean, I... I 
at that point, that's that's where you make your clean getaway, not where you help the guy. And even if the most I would have done was call nine one one and be like, "Hey, there's this dude that got shot." Later, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Uh, her patching him up and then insisting on going on the mission with him was just a little extra. I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. I don't need to go on this mission. And he also tried to drop her off. He was very much like, okay, you've done enough. And she's like, no, no, no. I totally have to go with you. And I was like, what the? Yeah, yeah. that was so a little things crazy. like that that don't make sense. And also, you know, it's the the thing with the drug is that it's it doesn't leave you. It's not like you know Marvel superpowers where you you know you you light up like a human torch and then you're perfectly fine afterward. There's there's price to pay. Right. It screws up people's bodies. Like the guy that. who torch like that, Alice. I'm sorry. Are you saying you didn't like that? Are you saying you didn't like that? I I I did in the sense of technically it's it's more interesting than just having nothing happen afterward like there's a price. But on the other hand, it's like why would, why would somebody just set it? themselves on fire? Yeah. <laughs> if you know yeah. that you're you've got third degree burns as a result of this, why would you do it? And why would you take three? And I one know. He's <laughs> trying to escape. I mean, I don't know. We watch Dark, and, and you know, and every time he travels, you know, time travels, he turns into, you know, a fried crispy whatever. I well, mean, I, I don't think that that's what happened. I think that it was because he was, well, he was building the machine. Yeah, guys, 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 we're, we're that's off another topic. Show. Um, topic. But yeah, yeah so, so there, there was just, there was that. But it's again, you know, you, you don't think about that too much. You just enjoy the action. Uh, and that's kind of where the, the movie was for me. I I think I liked it better than you guys even. I mean, I won't say, I will not go so far as to say that it was an amazing movie or great. And, and the points that you brought out, Allison, I think I agree with all of them. Um, however, I liked actually... Um, I liked that the leads were three. You know what I mean? It just wasn't. It wasn't like a, you know, like a buddy cop thingy. Whether with like the older guy and then the younger, you know, sidekick as she called herself. Um, I thought it was more layered than that. And actually, it was there's there was some social commentary buried in that. Uh, you know about. Uh, I I really liked the twist or or the motivation narratively, uh, plot wise about. Um, how the drug was released by the government unwittingly they they expected it to be you know addictive and to run rampant so that they could actually measure it was like a field test it was like right. they were like you know and she even makes she makes the wrong parallel the 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 baddie the head baddie talks about henrietta Lacks, and i know that she was trying to say that like you know sacrifice um, it's sacrificing it but they didn't she wasn't sacrificed she had cancer she didn't make a deliberate sacrifice that's yeah, right she, didn't, she died anyway and it wasn't like so i thought that was the weird comparison it was it's more like the tuskegee airmen where they yeah. were injected that's and the, they that's were, not that's up. incorrect that's not the tuskegee airmen you're talking about the tuskegee experiment the tuskegee experiment. Oh, yeah. I mean, sorry i, <laughs> I just want to make sure people meant. are looking up the wrong thing no, absolutely. <laughs> but what I, what I, but what I mean by that though is that 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 comparison is obvious. I don't know why they went with Henrietta Lacks. I mean, she had her cells taken uh, after she died without her or her family's consent. That's completely different. But and they've never been compensated. Yeah, I thought that that was a good, you know, that if you didn't get it, they were pointing you to that. Uh, and I love that twist that they it was the government doing it, uh, and that they were monitoring each and every one of them to see what the reaction was. So I thought that was a nice twist. Um, I also think that they didn't cheat. They definitely led bread, uh, left breadcrumbs, and then it paid off. Like that scene with the fetal alcohol syndrome thingy in health class. When I, I was like, "What? Why are we doing this? This is just a waste of time." Um, and so again, is it a great movie? No, but like they talk about that so that when you hear, when you find out why um, they kidnapped. Uh, Jamie Foxx's daughter in the first place and how all of this, you know, kind of happened. It's sort of the Genesis story, uh, i.e. the boat Genesis, if you didn't get that reference. Yes, so, thank you. You know, so it, it's a simple movie, but I think that it was a little, it it was a little, they tried a little harder with the characters, the motivation, uh, the science behind it. Was it all, did it all make sense? Absolutely not. But you know, um, I don't care. I definitely thought it was entertaining, and I thought it was way better than I thought it was going to be. So I think it's definitely a fun, you know, distracting movie for sure. All right, let's move on. Uh, I think we're saying thumbs up overall for that. Uh, get your popcorn and, and uh, check it out. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Umbrella Academy, and this was episodes 
three and four and we get a little bit more into the backstory of what the characters have been doing uh now that they were in because it's isn't it more flashbacks uh we get a little more flashbacks to whose flashback is it that we find out what they've been doing in the 60s anybody remember well, we got the flashback of uh of oh geez uh private practice doctor <laughs> Turn assassin <laughs> Yes, she's yeah, she's the Kate head. Walsh's yes, daughter. we got yeah. Kate Walsh's daughter's flashback. Right, and you find out how she became her daughter and all of that, which is really creepy and disturbing. Um, like most of the stuff with Kate Walsh in the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, but the team. What is the team doing? I can't remember. I suck. Well, this is the episode where, jeez, uh, Luther Luther can. Luther goes to Vanya, finds oh, out she right. powers, or sorry, finds out she doesn't have her memory. memory. So instead of he, instead but he goes there, her, he goes he, there to kill her. Like he's he a hundred percent. Yeah, doesn't doesn't do violence, but isn't exactly cordial either. <laughs> yeah, this is like Luther sucks this season. Yeah, I hate Luther this season, and it's too bad because I really like the actor, but yeah. uh, just ugh. Well, you uh, know, there's, he's he's been through a lot. He was he was you know really abused emotionally i think in in season one so i think he's just feeling the sense of betrayal and acting out on it that's how i looked at it Eh, i did not side with him on that um what was and then we this is the what what, like he says the flashback so we find out that diego's girlfriend is really not his girlfriend and she's really a spot and I don't know why Diego didn't figure that out because I felt like that was super obvious because she was very much about sticking with him no matter how much he tried to ditch her. She was a little, not clingy in like a clingy girlfriend kind of way, but in a creepy stalker kind of way. Stalker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's something off with her. And so I'm glad that they didn't wait a long time to do the reveal. They were just like, look, yes, she's a mole. And I was like, okay, that makes more sense. Um, was this the dinner party? Did they have the dinner party on this one? No, I think that's later. Okay. Um, so I, I did, I mean, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm thoroughly enjoying it so much that I've crashed through it. Does anybody have any other thoughts about these episodes that they want to talk about anything specific? Um, him throwing the fight because... His obsession slash preoccupation with Allison, it's kind of weird. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think when they were both teenagers, it kind of made sense because they were teenagers. But I feel like she's more grown out of it than he has. And so he's really well, still attached to the whole idea. He's got issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she made a life for herself. Right. This yeah. time period, and, and has he's ruined just kind of treading water by by using her powers to save her husband, who now thinks that she's oh, a spy. Right, but yeah. we forgot Cause... the sit-in. So they did the sit-in in episode three, and then everybody got arrested. But I do, and she used her powers to keep this cop from killing her husband. Is really what happened. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and then that's when Allison runs into Klaus. Because oh, right. yeah. Klaus was in jail with her husband, and he she saw some dude with the hands that said hello goodbye, and she was like, "Where'd you get that?" And he was like, "Oh, from the minister or the preacher or whatever." He said, and she's like, "Oh, I know where Klaus is now." Um, and then Vanya's whole thing with on the farm with the abuse—he's is he an abusive husband? I don't remember. Is he? He's just More a like jerk. A He's just kind of a jerk at this point. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's like controlling in a 1960s way. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's, his wife is clearly not as into him as he thinks. Right. <laughs> That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I like the backdrop of the 60s and they have the civil rights movements happening. So it feels like some of that stuff is relevant. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, now she's got to deal with her husband who doesn't believe her now. 
he genuinely thinks that she's working for the FBI or, or as a cop. Or not. Basically, he thinks she's undercover or a snitch or something, so he does not trust her anymore. So she's out of the circle that she's worked so hard to actually make a life for herself. That life has now completely fallen apart because she's run into her family. Because she's like, who believes that these idiots are her brothers? You know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm trying to, to slow my roll and not finish the series before we start talking about it. Because right now, I hate the fact that I can't remember very much because I watched it like weeks ago. Uh, but anyway, I'm, this show has been great. There's no so far no missteps. I would say thumbs up for me. Yeah, you too. Yeah. All right. If you guys have any questions or comments, leave them to campfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, We Not Bliss, and iTunes. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.